You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad and uh, in the past we've talked about the relationship between Culloden in Ireland and particularly the Ottawa Valley and the number of Irish families who migrated from that part of Ireland to this area. And the Culloden Famine Summer School is happening in September, early September and this year it, there is going to be the launch of a book called Shoeboxes and that is from Irish roots to Canadian branches and it's with uh, being edited and compiled by Kevin Lee and Tom Jenkins. And this is to um, get those descendants of the Irish who were part of that story to share some of what it means. And Jim Kelly and his family are heading back to Ireland to attend the summer school. And uh, Jim is here with me. And that is, by the way, 1st to 4th September, and it's in Shalala County, Wicklow. And Jim is here with me. Jim, thanks, William, for coming along. And uh, I'm sure you're all nearly packed and ready to go. Yes, thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, the uh, plans are still in progress there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting more and more exciting as the, the date approaches for, for going over there. So, Jim, how, how did you hear about this project? It's interesting because I heard about it about three or four years ago when I was doing some search searches online, having done a lot of family tree research on, on the Kelly family, and I saw an article in the the Kingston Whig Standard, I believe it was, where Kevin and Eleanor Lee were with a Canadian couple or a few people, and it talked about how they were connecting people from Canada back to Culloden. And I, at that point, I knew that our Kellys lived on the Culloden estate. So I found the Culloden Canadian Connection website too and I sent an email to Kevin and told him that my ancestors came from that area and just wanted to touch base with him so he provided me with some information that's available in the Culloden records that is not really accessible to us over here or on, on the internet I have a, an ancestry.com account and there's a lot of information on there but the Culloden information is, is not there so Kevin provided me with a lot of information and then he mentioned that he was planning to write this shoeboxes book for families that emigrated from the Culloden estate in the 1840s and 1850s and he invited me to submit a family story Right. That's pretty well where it started. So one of the challenges that often families encounter when it comes to ancestry and family trees and descendants and all the rest is that um, depending on your name, there can either be a lot of you or there can be a few of you. <laughs> and, and in my case, there's very few of us. Um, now, Kevin has said he has seen my my family name appear on Colatin papers, and we have no connection. We've never been able to trace the dots there. But in your case, it's Kelly, and you can't throw a stone very far in Ireland, but you're going to find the Kelly somewhere. 
(laughs) (laughs) And being able to sift through what is such a prolific name must also be a challenge. Oh, it was a real challenge, yeah. I I can remember it all started in 1980 at my Aunt Eileen's place in, who lived in Renfrew at the time. And it was the last day of a Quilty reunion. I believe you've interviewed Leonard and Michael Quilty in past. Yes. My grandmother on my dad's side was a Quilty. So at, at the end of the third Quilty reunion in 1980, we were sitting in my Aunt Eileen's place, my brothers and sisters and some cousins with my aunts and uncles and my dad. And we said, well, we, we know a lot about the Quilty family. Why don't we know so very much about where the Kellys came from? And they said that their dad's father had died when their dad was very young. And so he didn't know his, his own father. And he went to live with some Smiths. So along with your story there of Kellys, that how many Kellys are, or how many Smiths are there in this world? I thought, oh, great. We're going to be looking for a Kelly in a, a needle in a haystack, right? Because there's more Smiths in this world than you can shake a stick at, too, as well. So, anyway, so they told us where my grandfather came, was born up in, in Thorn Center in the Pontiac, which is north of Shawville. And so I I started looking in in the archives down on Wellington Street. That was long before the Ancestry.com or the Internet days. So I remember going down there and sifting through micro microfilms there. And in the 1881 census, I found my grandfather, John Kelly, nine years old, living with a James Smith and a Catherine Smith and their family. So that was pretty well the start of it. And then, so, my oldest brother, Brian, uh, and I drove up to Shawville one one weekend, and we wanted to talk to somebody in the area with uh, knowledge, local knowledge. So we stopped in at the gas station or the store, I can't remember which, and they pointed us to Mr. Judd, who lived in Shawville. So we went to see him, and he... He said there was a cemetery up in Thorn Center, and Kelly was buried there. And he also told us about the Martins, uh, Herb Martin and Lionel Martin, who were whose grandmother was a Kelly. So anyway, we went up to Thorn Center and saw the headstone of Catherine Kelly, who was married to James Smith. The, the couple that my grandfather had been living with, and it said that she was a native of County Wicklow. So that was the first kind of pointing in what county in Ireland to start looking for. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really until 2014, 30-some years later, that I was on Ancestry.com researching my wife Beverly's Irish roots as well. She has some Lawlers from County Wicklow. So I was searching them and I saw someone refer to the rootsireland.ie website. 
So I went on there, and I actually found the, the marriage record of our great-great-grandparents and the baptismal records of their ten children, and it was like hitting a gold mine. So that that's pretty well kind of the sh- shorter version of the story. So when you say you found all the baptismal certificates, that brings you back specifically to a parish. And that's often can be the challenge, because I know in my own case, again, uh, I have had difficulty tracing uh, when I get back to one of my great-grandparents. I know where he appears as an adult, but I don't know where he came from. And in fact, on a number of uh, my ancestors, I, I, they, they appear. And um, where they came from, I don't know. And until you can get at that period back in the early 1800s, you're relying on parish records rather than civil records. So you do need to be able to zone in on a parish. So as you say, you hit a gold mine if you found baptismal certs. Oh, yeah, I was I was really thrilled with it. I, at first, I, I didn't really know if it was the case or not, because there was some question as to whether the surname of my great-great-grandmother was Keo or Keon. Okay. And there were some records in Quebec that indicated one or the other, and I sort of took the wrong branch there and thought it was Keon, and I was researching that for a number of years, that that line of things. But then my brother-in-law, Wade, my sister's husband, did a lot of research, and he, he clued into the fact that the family name of our great-great-grandmother was Kehoe. So when I found William Kelly and Rose Kehoe, their marriage record in 1818 in Clonmore Parish in County Wicklow, and then found their ten children's baptismal records in the same parish. And you're right, it it said what the townland was that, where they were residing as well. So from that, I realized that our great-grandfather, Michael Kelly, who had died young, that kind of orphaned my, my grandfather, he was baptized there in 1837 in Actually, in, in Ballyconnell, where they came from, there was a church in Ballyconnell by that time. They built a church in 1833. Before that, they they had to go to either a, an ancient chapel in Knock Ballystein, which is just on the border next door to Ballyconnell. It's, it's in County Carlow, but the... Valley Connell is right on the border of Carlo, so the, the Kellys were very close to that county. So they would either go to the to knock Ballystein to that chapel that dates back to the 1600s, and have their, go to mass and have the children baptized in that, or they would go to the main parish church in the village of Clonmore in County Carlo, which is a little farther, mm-hmm. uh, maybe five miles away from from Ballyconnell as opposed to maybe less than a mile from Ballyconnell to North Ballyconnell. And you mentioned there you found the wedding certificate or the the registration of the wedding. That, of course, gives you usually the father's name of particularly the bride. I might even give you the father's name of the groom, I can't recall. But it brings you back another leg or another step 
if uh, and and may point you another piece back, and that's often very hard to unpeel that onion. Yeah, in this case, they they hadn't they didn't have the parents of the the bride and the groom mentioned at the, at this point. These right. are the very earliest records that that exist in that that part. From I think they start in. Clonmore Parish from 1813. Okay. At that point, none of the records that I've ever seen for marriages have any parents' names in there. They have witness names, which can sometimes give a clue as to some some relationship to to someone else. Yeah, I know where I'm hitting a stone wall in County Galway is that there is a wedding in a place called Bula, and there is a marriage there, and it mentions who the father is, and the father links in with who I understand my great-great-great-grandfather is, but I can't find this daughter listed anywhere else. Uh, but, yeah, his name and his occupation is listed on the, the wedding registration. So that ties it back to, I know it's the same guy, but we're hitting a stone wall there. So what, year, I, what year would that have been? That's in, only in the 1860s. 18, in the, yeah, yeah, maybe by that time they had started putting the parents' names in there. Yeah. But before uh, that, they didn't seem to do much of it, at least in the, the parishes that I've... And I've, it was probably, you were looking at a ledger-type regi- thing, which this was a more formal with the, the columns in it. So, yeah. Yeah, so it probably had become a bit more formalized. Uh, and again, it's I'm trying to figure out what parish was the groom from because I'm not finding where they went to live and if they had any children. And again, when you say you found the parish where the baptisms, you did hit gold, because that is is so powerful. So when it comes to the Shubat project then, um, did you catalogue this or or put this in a chronological story and submit it to Kevin? Yes, I submitted probably a 17-page story of with text and pictures. Right. And we whittled it down to about seven pages. Okay. And and most articles, or most family stories, are apparently two to six pages long. So I don't know how much of my final submission will will make it into the the actual book or not. It will be... You'll find, you'll find out. <laughs> I will, yes. And Jim, when you say you sent some photographs as well, how old, or what would the oldest photograph that you were able to get your hands on that you were able to submit? There's one of my grandparents, John Kelly and, and Hannah Quilty, from 1904, their marriage, their, their wedding picture. Okay. And there's another picture, too, that I found online from the, the Martin family of Esther Kelly and Joseph Martin. And Esther is the, the daughter of William Kelly and Rose Keogh. So she's the kind of the, the first generation uh our furthest back generation that I've been able to find a picture from, and I don't know what year that would have been, probably the turn of the century, the 20th century, some. Right, some right. Yeah. So I guess you're really looking forward to the official launch when you're there and you'll be able to see your uh, contribution in print 
uh, between the covers and um, it would be a wonderful opportunity if there were others there that you could all sign those of you that contributed were able to do some signings of the, the book uh, uh, if for no other reason to give to each other with all the signatures it would be a wonderful mem- memento it's a great idea yeah um, you know because a bit like you know when you have these football teams and they, all the players sign it and uh, it becomes a trophy uh, it's almost like signing a yearbook too in a way of exactly exactly yeah. high school or something yeah 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 oh it's a great idea i'm looking forward to to the book launch for sure it's the whole weekend is going to be really good we're really looking forward to it and the book launch is a big part of it of course and as I said at the beginning, the uh, Culloden Famine Summer School gets underway the 1st of 4th of September at Culloden House in Shalala County, Wickley, Wicklow. And uh, the book launch is happening during that period. Uh, you can find a lot of details online for that. If you just do a search for the uh, Culloden House or Culloden Canada Connection uh, or the Culloden Canadian Connection, uh, Kevin and Eleanor Lee, any of those things in Google will all bring you in to where you can find out lots of information. And I know it's, is it a biannual tour or trip that happens where um, people go from up the valley over to Colatin and some people from Colatin area come over here? Is it every second year? I think it might be. I'm not sure what the frequency frequency is because the COVID situation really yep. threw a monkey wrench in, in the whole timing of it. But this is the first one that... It will be going to so yeah it'll be really exciting and you're getting to spend some more time in Ireland as well touring around and visiting probably Carlo where and into some of the other locations that you've unearthed yes for sure there my wife and I were over in Ireland and in that area in 2018 four years ago and by that point I knew that the, the townland that they came from and I looked up some some Kellys that lived in that area, and I suspect that there's some distant cousin relationship there, but there's never been able to sort of make that actual connection there. The records don't go far back, back far enough. But, yeah, we're definitely going to we'll be staying at the Minmore Muse for most of our time there right. and renting a car after the the weekend and just doing day trips in the area to different areas around. So it should be fun. Then we'll be in Dublin for a a couple of nights before we go to the airport and stay one night there. But while, while we're in Dublin, we want to go and see uh, Eden Key where the Kelly family departed from, according to the, the information that Kevin was graciously able to supply us so they they left from Eden Key in 1841 right and so it'll be good to to see that and we want to go and see a play at Abbey Theatre as well too so it should be should be a lot of fun fantastic Jim Kelly it's been fantastic chatting with you I hope you have a wonderful vacation with your wife and family and that you come back loaded down with more memories and that you're ready to write the next chapter of the book thank you very much Austin It's been a pleasure.